0: Everybody's talking about those NFL football teams that climbed into the Super Bowl this last weekend. We, we're doing it, too, of course. And, of course, the Rams made it. But today, Joe Burrow, the Cincinnati Bengals, they may come up in this conversation because they made it, too. Welcome to the Radio Rally on Clubhouse. What you are about to hear will be focused on lifting you up, giving you good advice, hearing the stories of an amazing radio pro, and uncovering the path forward in radio right now. Today's live event. Uh, will, of course, be a podcast episode uh, included in the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, and will be available soon after the end of this live event, wherever you get your podcast. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. You can meet our guests on uh, the Clubhouse app live or subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a thing. And we're not just encouragers here on the encouragers. We are serious encouragers. So we have two podcasts, the encouragers innovation and audio podcast, which comes from our Wednesday night event and the encouragers, the radio rally podcast, which comes from our Monday night event. Both are available right now on Apple, Audible, Spotify, and almost anywhere you get your podcast So, you got to be asking, what's happening now in this live event? Well, it's January 31st, 2022. Grover Collins, the PD of WUBE and WYGY in Cincinnati, is standing by. But before we get to him uh, in this live event, I want to draw your attention to next Monday. February 7th, we will have Larry Gifford, who's the National Director of Talk Radio and President of the PD Adventures. And of course, that is in Vancouver, Canada, our first Canuck on the show. So, uh, you can see our guest calendar all the way into April 2022 in our free blog section at RainmakerPathway.com. We have encouragement for on-air there as well, and promotions with our more than live and local guest series and even more encouragement for local radio sellers. We do this constantly with our encouraging sales success series, as well as free resources for anyone in radio or audio today. We don't lock away anything on our website the way some consultants do, so go to RainmakerPathway.com anytime and see what you can get for free from our team. Please follow the people on the stage during this event and look around the room for people you might want to connect with while you're here tonight. We do encourage you in networking for your broadcast career. We think that's probably wise to do in 2022. My name is Lloyd Ford, and I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. We help local broadcasters make more money by being an affordable programming partner who can fully develop the right position for your local radio brand or brands. Coach your morning show and other talents, design and execute station architecture, provide weekly music updates, and even produce your daily music logs. We provide excellent voice trackers when necessary sales and promotions ideas that move the needle and a lot more. We're also confidential and market exclusive for radio. Reach out anytime F O R D at rainmaker If you haven't liked or joined the encouragers on clubhouse, please do it right now. While you're here, we have at least two live events every single week designed to help you grow your radio and audio career. And of course, every Every single week, every single visit, we visit with radio pros from different parts of the country. We do it for a single reason. We're here to encourage anyone making a living in the radio business today. Today's guest uh, might be the king of stability. You've heard that before, right? Skilled at coaching. Programming is Uh, is his thing. He's programming one of the most successful stations playing country music in the United States. Today's guest is uh, somebody who's held CMA awards, uh, ACM trophies. He programs W-U-B-E and W-Y-G-Y in Cincinnati. But he, he loves all music, which is really interesting, especially Rush. And he loves concerts, restaurants, movies, and my favorite, sarcasm. Grover, welcome to the Encouragers, the radio rally. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Lloyd. Thank you so much for the invitation. You're so welcome. We're so grateful to have you. I've got to ask, uh,
1: when did you know radio was for you? Can you tell us that story, if you don't mind? Yes, I can tell that story. It was right before I turned six years old in the mid-70s and with my mom in her car, And we were listening to 68 RKO in Boston, out of Boston. And the DJ's name is Dale Dorman. And he's playing, you know, the hits of the time. Somebody's knocking on the door. Don't go break my heart. And in my mind, they were live musicians in a studio playing the songs. And then Dale would talk and the next song would start. And I looked confused at my mom and I said, how are they doing that? And she goes, what? How are they moving? Like you know, I I, in my mind I saw them setting up drums and you know plugging in guitars. And she laughed, you know that mom laugh, like oh you're. Oh yeah. And she said, honey, he's playing records. And I said, what? Because I already had a record player. I was already obsessed with music, and uh, that was it. That was the catalyst. That was the spark. And I have never looked back since then. My entire life has been obsessed with radio. I got to tell you,
0: I love that you come on here and not only do you say, yes, I can tell the story. You name the
1: guy, you go, this guy right here, right? That's pretty great. Well, not only that, but I was, he has passed away now, but I was Hmm. able to meet him about 22 years ago. I don't know. There was a short lived award show called the radio music awards in Vegas. And I was able to go and he was doing afternoons on kiss 108 in Boston at that time. And I just, you know, I was I was uh, fangirling all the way. Yeah. oh yeah, pretty great. But I got Listen. to meet him and I got my picture taken with him and his producer or program director, I'm not sure who it was, you know, I told him the whole story, you're the reason I'm in radio, you're literally the reason I'm in radio. And as I was walking away, uh, whoever was with him, looked at me, stopped me, pulled my uh, shirt, he goes, you just made his week, tell him that story. So, made me oh, feel good. It, well,
0: and you know you want that to be the reaction, right?
1: So, sure.
0: So listen, uh, what was your first job in radio? That's different. And where were you? And what did you learn in that first job?
1: Well, again, my obsession with radio never stopped. My bedroom was a radio station. My mom drove me to radio stations and just walked me in and said, this is my year old little boy Grover. And he is obsessed with radio. Do you mind if he sits and watches you and asks questions? and uh, she even put me in a junior college class called beginner broadcasting when i was still in high school i was 15 and i graduated and uh, i interviewed i interviewed for a station called k 98 in rome georgia which is where i was living at the time didn't get the job which i can understand and so i just kind of like well no one's gonna hire me i'm only 15 years old and um The teacher that taught the class got a call from a program director named Randy Davis at WLAQ, little thousand watt AM station in Rome. And he was, you know, like we've all been in radio, stuck. He he didn't have anyone to cover a shift. And he said, do you have anybody that was in your class that you would recommend? And the teacher goes, well, I do. He's 15, but you know, I think he's got something. So I went down and interviewed and God love him. He gave me a shot at 15 years old to do overnights on his radio station midnight to six saturday to sunday morning and until i got my driver's license my mom would drop me off at 11 30 and pick me up at six in the morning boy you owe a lot to your mom right? oh she knows i i've i've given her all the credit and my dad but yeah my mom's like this is your dream go do it
0: okay let's talk about them for a minute because you know we all got these parental units and all of us crazy people that developed into the radio business. Most of us somewhere around 15 or so, you know, either parents supported it, they didn't support it. Clearly your mom is waving the flag right away. Uh, What did your parents do for work?
1: Well, this is an interesting story too. So my stepdad's got a PhD and they're retired now, but he ended up being a vice president of a college. My mom has a master's degree in counseling. I sat them down in the spring of 87 Looking at graduation coming up, and I, I sat him at the kitchen table, and I said, "Guys, I'm not going to college. You gotta trust me. If I go to college, it'll put me four years behind what my career goals are." And I had an English teacher in high school that said, "The world needs creative people, and I think you got to grow. Follow, follow your dream." So, and they, and they, <clears throat> they, rel- they relented at first, but uh, they, they, they got on board, and they, they just let me go do my thing. Now, what? uh, so God almighty, that's uh,
0: that's bold to sit with your parents and say, look, you got to trust me, the kid. I know what I'm doing here.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know if I necessarily knew what I was doing, but I had an extremely strong instinct that college was not going to be for me and it was going to delay my growth. And I just needed to be in a radio station. I just knew I had to be around it.
0: Alright, so you you probably don't know where I'm going next, but I'm just going to say here you are, this little kid who's obsessed with radio but see, now Grover, i picked up on the fact that you're in Rome, Georgia and we know that there's this little game coming up and Cincinnati is playing the Rams and the Rams quarterback is from where? Well, he went to UGA, right? Yep. So who
1: are you pulling for in the super bowl? Well, obviously I'm pulling for the Bengals and, you know, truth be told, my stepdad got his PhD at Auburn. So I would never root for the oh. Georgia
0: Bulldogs. So. Well, that's probably true,
1: but war Eagle, you, you,
0: you understand that's right. that for sure. That's yeah, right. That's, that's right. right. All right. So listen, did you have, a uh, uh Did you have an on-air talent that you looked up to when you were younger other than obviously the guy in Boston? I mean, when you were young in the business, were there people that you went, oh, you know, this guy or this girl, they're really cool.
1: Well, you gotta remember now in the late 80s, so when I, after I graduated high school, I moved to Maine and I was working uh, briefly at a station in Waterville, Maine, but I wanted to work at 92 Moose out of Augusta-Waterville, which I ended up getting hired at in December of 87 and um so i'm 18 now and um that was just when those california air checks came out on vhs and they would send art uh they would send like a a teaser tape i guess that would be highlights and oh my god did we not wear that out because i had never seen the inside of a major market studio or on air studio or anything like that and you know we were just you know Drooling over their state of the art equipment of 1988, 89, and uh, so that's, I guess, how I started to listen to those jocks and how they were doing their night show and and how they were working the phones and how they were editing calls. So I, that's kind of how I learned. Did you want to do mornings? Did you want to never, program? never, N- never wanted to do mornings? No, women, none of that. no 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 on the Uh, air i wanted to probably be afternoons music director at that age you know you got to remember i was very young i i thought i was going to be a top 40 boss jock you know we were still rhyming everything back then that's how every night jock doc playing tiffany and bobby brown so i was doing a lot of that and just trying to emulate i didn't have my own style yet obviously because i was still a kid but uh but no, I never I didn't even know I was going to be a program director at that age. I just thought it was going to be some hot afternoon jock in Tampa or something. Wow. And, and look,
0: did you want to eventually do country or did you have your site set on another format? You said, you know, kind of top 40 thing. But I mean, was there something else that also could have gotten your attention?
1: Uh, I guess, you know, I kind of fell into country as to it was just the next positive move in my career. I was in Minnesota at that point. I was working in a little town called Faribault. And the owner of the company, Bob Ingstead, was starting up a country station in Rochester, Minnesota. And Mike Moore, who now is programming in Atlanta, was the guy who hired me. Uh, so I've known Mike Moore since 93, this is March of 93 and he hired me to do afternoons on Fox country. It was his first day on the air. I've, you know, was on the air there and I guess I did it because I knew I needed to move up and get a little more money and you know what I mean? And so yeah, at that yeah. point I wasn't worried about formatics. I was just worried about advancing in the career. How do I keep going? Right? Correct. Living the dream, trying to get there.
0: Uh, Johnny fever mean anything to you?
1: Oh, God, I was, my parents and I watched WKRP like religion when it was on, yeah. So did you think radio must be just like that? You know, what's funny is when you're a kid watching it, um, you just don't know any better. And now looking back, uh, one of my coworkers got the entire box set of every episode a few years ago, and I was watching it. And now I watch it, I'm like, that's not right. That's wrong. Yeah, right, 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 right.
0: But it did kind of come off as kind of like, there are things where you can see us in that clearly.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And it was just, either way, it was a fantastic show. You know, it was funny Absolutely. and yeah. Uh, you know, I guess the one episode, if you remember is when um, Venus was gonna go work for the automated station. And right. back then it was just like that with the four reel-to-reel players and, and there was no, yeah. And Dr. Johnny Fever, I was like, don't talk to the, com-. or anyway, I'm trying yeah, to remember it. Yeah, but. Right? don't don't do it yeah right stay away stay away from it that's right johnny knew what was
0: up so listen i've also learned as long as you bring up tv a little bit i've also learned that you like movies is that how you kind of regenerate after a long day or what what do you do to blow off steam
1: I would say not necessarily movies, but movies, television, uh, you know, we just burn through Ozark. You know, I found as oh, I'm getting yeah. older, though, I'm a lot pickier about what I'm going to invest my time into. Uh, so usually if we're like 15, 20 minutes in and it's not in, we'll just abandon it. And I never would have done that in my 30s. It's funny how now your time is just different. Well, and it's a lesson for all of us. I mean, look, look at how we're living. I mean, my God,
0: we've got Netflix and Amazon and Disney plus and all this. You don't like something. You just turn it off, go get something else because it's there, right? Absolutely. This is exactly what's happening in our listeners lives. They just turn you off and go somewhere else and get what they want.
1: Do you have this kind of conversation with your people all the time? I'm sure you do. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's just part of the world we live in now. And, you know, one of the analogies that I can't take credit for, but it was a consultant that was sort of teaching all of us in Cincinnati about setting up breaks. And it was, you know, if someone sends you a YouTube link, what's the first thing you do? And we all collectively said, we look at the length. Exactly. You know, if it's like a five and a half minute clip, you're probably going like, well, I, might, I don't have time to watch that. But if it's 98 seconds, there's, you know, so he's basically was like, think about that next time you do your break.
0: Wow, no doubt.
1: So I got to ask, um,
0: what caused you to program? What was there a <laughs> moment? <laughs> no, because it, no, look, I, I am unapologetic to say that this happened to me naturally. I mean, I never thought about programming a radio station and two things aligned that made it clear as a bell to me, you know, was it like that
1: for you? Well, the full, full story is, as I was 24 and I'm at Fox country in Rochester, Minnesota doing afternoons. And, um, we all have these stories, but the program director got drunk at his club gig. <laughs> oh, and, uh, yeah. And pissed off the client and made a scene and I was pulled into the GM's office the next day. And I'm, Trying to remember exactly what he said to me, but it was something to the effect of, uh, we had to let you know who go, uh, and no one else on the staff has been in radio as long as you. And I'm 24. Do you want to be the program director? And that was it. And I said, yes. I knew not to say no. I, and, uh, I just sort of just kind of took to it. I kind of, You know, it didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't something that uh, ever scared me, but I, at that point, never was thinking about or trying to become a program director. It just fell in my lap. The wisdom of
0: radio. I knew not to say no. Listen, Grover, do you have uh, mentors in our business or do you mentor others outside of your coworkers and employees?
1: Um not specifically mentoring other people, other outside of like part-timers or some of the newer uh, employees yes. that are new to radio. Uh, I have long French, long-term friendships in radio, uh, like Justin okay. case, KFDI, Wichita. He was the guy who first te- taught me music scheduling and, and just, just tried to teach me how to do it. When I was 19, he was my program director at 92 Moose in Maine. And I just, bugged the hell out of him until he was, you know, he finally said, all right, all right, all right, we'll go to lunch and I'll, so I'll never not give him credit for that. And then, uh, he's a good person to have as that kind of, in that kind of situation too. Yep. And so we talk. you know, we talk shop obviously about once a month. And then, like I said, the other guy I've never not stayed in touch with was Mike Moore. Uh, He, like I said, got me started in 93 and he helped me move up my career. And, and uh never burn a bridge man all those old cliches that we're taught from our grandparents boy they're true man you never know yeah. when these people are gonna be uh and especially in our community i mean radio is such a small community and then when you drill down to just the country format it's just you know tiny Super everybody small. knows everybody that's right i talked to mike
0: Moore this week and i'll tell you uh he's a pretty hard-working fella he Is and he sounds happier than he sounded a long time, so I like that. Of course, listen. In, in your opinion, what is great coaching of on-air talent today?
1: I can only tell you, Lloyd, what my theory is. And and when I start with someone who, and I've been doing this a while, when I start with someone that's new to radio, um, I, you know, you you just look at the biggest things first. So if I have a part timer I'm air checking that's new. I just start with the biggest things first because I have worked for program directors that have left me two-page typed critiques for a mm. one five-hour shift that I do three times a week in a market. You know what I mean? It's like, oh right. my God, I can't I can't wrap my mind or remember all of that for the next show. That I, so I have learned by that is just just do one or two things at the beginning and get them to master that or get better at that. And then once they've got that, then you just move on to the next thing and the next you want to do. And then it gets and then and then I make them feel good, I think, because I'm saying you see how we're getting granular now. You see how the things that I'm asking you to do or change are much more minutia and, and not this big, you know, like we're just starting to chip away these huge chunks off of you. And that seems to that's my plan, because that's uh, how I learned by not being taught that way so i was like how would you want to be taught grover how would you want to be coached?" and it seems to be working because i've been doing it that way for a while Mm, i I like some of the things i hear Uh, if you were here in the very beginning before we started
0: i just have said that i have come in contact with a number of people that talk about grover's coaching and they always say so much positive. Um listen, things have changed so much in our business. How much time do you have to coach today?
1: You have to make the time. So, um, you know, again, I because of technology, you know, the part-timers they can uh just email me MP3 like three or four breaks. I don't need that many and I don't want them to send me that many cuz right. usually I can tell ding ding ding, you know. So, I'll do it and then I'll usually uh, will email back and forth unless there is something that uh, I, I just know I can verbalize and get through to them better. But sometimes it's a lot of just normal maintenance where it's like, okay, be careful of this. Or I notice you're you're doing this the same way every time. Let's try to find other ways to say the same thing. Stuff like that I can do in an email. But if it's a bigger issue, and not, I don't mean issue like super bad or negative, just that it would just be a lot easier for me to talk to them, than I call them.
0: Now, wait, you, you have a relationship with these people where they're dropping breadcrumbs and email to you. They're just like, Hey, would you look at this? And they should no no, 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 I ask them. No, no. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. yeah. Cause otherwise I would be like, Grover's like a saint. People just throwing stuff at him. That's
1: great. <laughs> no, no. It's, some people do. I, I tell them, it's like you, you, if you want me to listen, you send me breaks there. Some people don't need to be air checked every single week. You can do it every right. two, three weeks. That's right. Just like a spot so, check.
0: So, so listen, some programmers don't appreciate being in the air. Of course, uh, it's much more common now for programmers to be on the air. Do you still enjoy being on the air today?
1: I do. Uh, when I was first made program director of B 105, it was 2009 and I wasn't an off air PD for a while. Um, and I liked that too. It's not that I didn't like it, but then when I was, I got back on the air, um, I noticed that I was much more in tune to m- smaller details that I was not aware of being off the air. And it could be something very, very small, like the way a liner card was written. I didn't like the way it flowed. And I would ask the promotion director to rewrite it this way, uh, because they're not on the air. So they, you know, they will just, okay, however you want it, you know, so little yeah. stuff like that, I noticed I've just. I'm just more in uh, in tune with that. And I guess on a on a maybe on a personal level, um, you know, I'm in I'm in the trenches, I am on the air, so you know, not that they would, but no one can say, Grover doesn't know, he's not on the air anymore. He can't relate. So now I feel like, well, yeah, I am on the air every day and and I can relate and I and I understand why, you know, if I'm in a meeting with sales, I can be like, I can be a lot quicker to be like, that won't work, or, well, we can do that, but let's change it, and let's talk about doing it maybe this way, because it'll just be better on the air. I think that is something that I'm much better at, because I am on the air again.
0: Well, don't you feel like when you're on the air as a programmer, I've always heard this, and I kind of believe it too, and I, like you, I really enjoy that being on the air process. Don't you feel like you're kind of living the radio station on the air?
1: Yeah, well, and that's the first reason I wanted to be in radio is I wanted to be on the radio. So, right. you know, never lose. It wasn't answering 80 emails a day. I can promise you that. And they didn't even exist back then. But, you know. If you had known that, do you think you still would have done it? <laughs> probably. Probably. I, I, hey, listen, I, I can't do anything else, Lloyd. There's nothing else oh, I can right, do. Right, 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 right. We're, we're in it, baby. That's it. All right. So, listen, you got to tell us about the
0: buildup in your career, and tell us uh, about you and how you first came to B105. So kind of like walk us through the how you got here and then actually coming in contact with B105 and boom, there you are. How did it all happen?
1: so in the mid 90s i moved from minnesota down to tallahassee florida again it was i wasn't learning i was the pd in rochester i wasn't learning i wasn't growing and i was looking to go somewhere and they were looking for another apd in tallahassee at ironically b 103 uh and so i moved down there in fall of 95 and what you know it summer of 96 program director gets fired (laughs) (laughs) wow and uh, the general manager asks if I want to be the program director. So, yep, I'm the program. This is my second programming job, uh, full-time, not APD. And um, everything worked out well. As a matter of fact, in the spring of 97, you know, I we only got ratings twice a year down there, I'm pretty sure, twice a year in Tallahassee. Uh, I I was able to, with my staff, beat the long-time big country station, Tallahassee, WTNT beat them in the ratings. And I think, I think that's pretty much what got me on the radar in bigger markets. Who's this guy who just beat TNT and Tallahassee? They've never been beaten and he did it in a year. And, uh, and so I got on the radar of Tim Clawson, who was the program director of B one Oh five back in 97. And, uh, he reached out. And I was so nervous, I was so excited, nervous. You know, back that point we were market 25. We were like the smallest major market in America. Right. Now I think we're 33. And uh, flew up and there I am. Here I am all these years later, I haven't left. That's kind of a big deal. Listen, what do you enjoy most about programming?
0: Cause it's not like that first thing when you first got in and you went, I want to be a personality. It's, it's a little bit more, orchestrating
1: well the way my brain works is i love consistency i love patterns i love research i love uh, i you know deciding whether or not a lee bryce song should be a like old or not be played at all excites me still i don't know why but i guess it's a good thing it does because that's what i get paid to do and i think i'm pretty good at it so i i just love the challenge of that and working with, um, you know, imaging, working with the jocks, working with, I just like it all. I mean, like I said, I, this is all I know how to do. So um, it's still fun. I never wake up and go, damn it, I got to go to a radio station today. Right. Well, listen, is data a thing for you, too? I mean, you, you mentioned research, of course. What about, Oh, the, what about yeah. The no, it's not. You're, the more research, the better. I mean, it's all tools in the tool bag. Uh, You know, you can't rely on, I don't think you should program with just one, you should get your hands or see as much as you can, and um, and fortunately, I work for a company that strongly agrees with that. Hubbard has been very, very kind to their stations and making sure that we have the tools we need to be successful. Well, you are very fortunate, and a lot of us look
0: at them with admiration for the different things that they have done and are doing. Your new studios might be something that makes people jealous, right?
1: Boy, I'll tell you, you know, when I think of some of the places I've worked, no windows, (laughs) handy down equipment, uh, you know, cart decks that were in mono. They didn't care that they weren't in stereo. Um, Just you can imagine. We've all been there. We've all worked at those stations. And for us now to literally work in what the – guys who work for radio DNA, who built our studios, tell us you have the best facility in America right now. That's just, it's just wonderful. Very fortunate. There's a day that goes by that I I don't know that, or I'm not aware. And none of us at the station are all very keenly aware of how fortunate we are to have the studios we have now. Mm, Very, very good. Listen, uh I I got to
0: bring up something negative. You know, you can't have one of these interviews without being all positive, right? Even though we're the encouragers, I want to know how did you manage, especially the beginning of COVID, and what have you learned in, about, I guess, your staff, about radio, about uh, how to manage this over the last two years, and especially now that everybody's kind of fatigued and this? Uh,
1: at the beginning, I would say we all, no one handed out playbooks as here's how you deal with COVID in 2020. So we were all figuring out as we went along. Uh, our engineering team at the very beginning, I mean, within a matter of a week, they put together these broadcast kits that were gonna allow us if uh, it really got bad for us all to program uh, work from home, uh, and a lot of us did. I didn't, I went into the station and I never didn't go in. Uh, but that's more me and my DNA. I just have to be there. Um, so that was the first thing that was wonderful that we were able to, I mean, anything we needed, we got, and we had these broadcast kits and that was wonderful. Uh, then after that, you know, it, Listen, when we were all on lockdown and no one was at the station or uh, other than like the, the core of the staff, it was it's worse now. I mean, I have just dealt in the last month with uh, so many people, not only on B105, but down the hallway at our top 40 Q102 out, out, uh, you know, full afternoon shows or half of 14 morning shows out with COVID. I got an overnight guy that's still out now. My morning guy, Big Dave, just came back today. It's nuts. And, uh, you, you know, the show must go on as cliche again, as that sounds, you just find a way you figure it out and you do it and you make it work. Uh, yeah,
0: I would say so. And, you know, look, I, it, it, we all know that revenue has played a big role in COVID how much can programmers, in your opinion, uh, impact revenue for broadcast brands? How involved are you in sales?
1: I would say I'm pretty involved. I am. I would like to consider myself a sales-friendly programmer, mm-hmm. uh, but not to the point where it would ever be detrimental to the programming side of it. But at the end right. of the day, we're here to make money, and I want them to make money. And trust me, after the last two years, we all want to make money. <laughs> right. We're doing the best we can. But I also and protective, and so is my operations manager, Patty Marshall, who is, I've known, obviously, since I moved here in '97. who's a, not only a dear friend, but a very, very smart and very protective operations manager of her product. Um, we, and again, I've been doing this a while We're at the same station as my 13th year as program director of B105. You just know I've known my GSM since 97 so we we have i would like to think is much more than just a working relationship we're personal friends she knows my style i know what she wants and we negotiate and we figure it out how does your on-air staff
0: do with digital podcasting outreach because i know y'all are into some things over there uh is your staff all, are they all really willing and are you really willing to dig in and be a big part
1: the big podcast would be just the morning show right now. It's some, you know, repurposed bits and then they add additional things. You know, we're still trying to figure that out now too. Um, I think, um, you know, we got a long way to go with that. It's still a new medium uh, in that sense. And I don't know if uh, the country audience is as willing to Get into pocket. I always feel like the country audience just a little bit behind some of the other formats. Even down the hall, you know, Jeff and Jen on Q102's podcast gets uh, gets a lot more play, but. We'll get there. We'll figure it out. We're, you know, we're trying to find it. Listen, I'm throwing so much more stuff on, on talent now. And, and I, you know, we don't have a choice. You know, we got no, Instagram, right. we got Facebook, we got YouTube. Uh, big Dave's got a TikTok channel now. So we're the, and they all want to be fed all the time. They, you got to keep feeding them. So we're What's figuring it out. Oh, and by the way, I also need you to show prep and have a kick-ass morning show five days a week on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. Can you please? And and have it be innovative and imaginative and, and captivating and
0: compelling, right? Uh, no yeah. No big deal. No big deal. <laughs> just, you know, just those things. Well, listen, we've seen the, you know, radio change and the world has changed during your career. What is radio missing in today's world?
1: I don't know. If it, I don't know how if anything's missing in today's world. I think, you know, Radio has always evolving. Radio has been dead since the invention of the television after World War II. And we bob and weave and we'll figure it out. I mean, there's always going to be radio. You know, one of the things that concerns me is I have a 23-year-old daughter. She doesn't listen to the radio, has never listened to the radio. Her new music discovery when she was in high school was YouTube, always YouTube. And now she has Spotify. And she's like, dad, why would I listen to the radio? I, why would I listen to six, eight minutes of commercials to maybe hear a song I like when I get in my car and play exactly what I want to hear? And I'm like, I don't know how to combat that. I don't know. And, and you know, there was the theory five years ago-ish or so that, well, you know, someday she's going to get older and she'll have a family of her own and she just won't have the time to, you know, curate playlists or yada, yada. And I'm like, I don't think so because st- streaming – and we were you were talking earlier about, you know, how how we will uh, consume movies and television now. It's all on demand. I don't wait for anything. Right. And she knows no life without that. She knows no life without high speed Internet. So I don't <laughs> see her changing. So this is that's going to be, a, you know, I. I, I I'm concerned for the younger formats like Urban and Top 40, Rhythmics, because uh, they're mm-hmm. obviously trying to get those 1824, 1829s. I have it a little bit easier because I have a very solid 35-plus demographic that, thank God, still does listen to the radio. Hell, they're still mm-hmm. trying to buy CDs for their truck at B105. So. <laughs> well, look, there's, it's more than that.
0: I, I'll go far enough to say this to you.
1: I believe everything you just said,
0: Okay. Uh, and I've had a lot of those thoughts, especially about the country audience and all that, but we also have seen a lot of catch up of ground take place during COVID where people, even, even older people, they, they're falling into Alexa, they're falling into apps they're, they're engaging. But, but I want to say this to you, you know, when you look at these radio stations and, a lot of people will, in our business will talk about companionship. You know, that's what it is. It's what happens between the records. By the way, I believe that too. But now I'm going to depart from the standard talk. Okay. Because your daughter, she has a relationship with Spotify. She has a relationship with YouTube. Those are not personalities, but they are, there are personalities involved in different parts of that relationship. And she has a relationship with her music. So our job is still to be captivating personalities and build real
1: relationship with people. Would you say that's probably
0: our biggest uh,
1: challenge? Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you whatsoever. But, you know, I go back to, you know, well, I got to get her in the door, Lloyd. I got to get my daughter in the door Mm, to make that relationship. And I don't know if she wants to. You know, I mean, yeah, she's on YouTube and she watches these podcasters, you know, that's talking about animation or whatever she's into. And they're doing their long form YouTube live shows. And that's what she watches. And that's like her morning show. I'm guessing, you know, because they're not talking about stuff I care about, but this is consuming her time. You know, you talk about your company
0: and how it does a lot of research. and, And I told you, I think everybody in our business admires them for a variety of things that they do. Uh, Last week, we had a board member for the NPR on with us. And what he shared that's available on our podcast is absolutely mind blowing about how they look at radio, our radio, commercial radio, as dropping the ball in a lot of places that's allowed them to pick up and absorb and become more aggressive and get more accomplished and grow. And they are saying, he told us flat out that NPR, right? NPR over 50% of their revenue comes from podcasting, podcasting. So those things are kind of startling when you think about them. And here's the biggest challenge that I have. And I don't usually rant like this, but when I have a great programmer on like you are, I think it's an opportunity to to kind of share, you know, um, I I think that radio has largely made itself invisible. You know, you talk about trying to attract these 23 year olds and teenagers and whatever, you know, radio used to be really Really visual, really intrusive into marketplaces on television, uh, uh, doing things in the community a lot more. And I'm not suggesting that people don't do some of those things today, but as you pointed out, we're all sped up. You know, we're sped up, we're trying to do all these different things. There are new opportunities for us in social media platforms and in podcasting and things like that, but it's not for everybody, right?
1: Well, uh, there's just, you know, there's only so much time in the day and there's there's only so much, uh, you know, any of us can do, but we got to keep trying to find a way. We've got to try to keep finding a way to make inroads. Uh, you know, if how many times have we heard the words compelling content in the same sentence? Mm, right. Uh, so i mean if you if you give them something they want to listen to or find they will find it and and, you know part of it might just be you know like the big dave show or or jeff and jen on q102 um you know it's going to be time shifted or maybe more on demand i don't know i think i listen i i know we're going to figure it out we always figure it out and we always like i said evolve and we'll we'll figure out the next thing that's gonna uh to work but you know it's just there's so much out there though to consume now that's right. Well, listen, uh, l- let's get down to the
0: the core of our business. If if somebody listening to our podcast later, because this this live event will become a podcast and a, and a lot more people listen to the on-demand version because they can listen anytime they want. Uh, if, if somebody's listening to this and they're looking for a job, they want to be in Cincinnati, they love country music. How do people successfully attract you today, Grover? Because you're in a a position, arguably you're the, you're the tastemaker in that situation.
1: Um, you're asking me how they would reach out to me to work at B105? Yeah. You know, but not just reach out because anybody can, can do that. How, how do,
0: I guess, what, what impresses you about somebody who reaches out to you for a job? We always want to know, you know, what makes a difference for job searchers?
1: Um, At this point, like if I'm going to hire someone that's going to be on a personality show, Mm -hmm. like the morning show, um, you know, I, I want to find, I want someone who is, unafraid to be themselves i want someone who is and it's a lot harder than it sounds the ability to be vulnerable <laughs> on the air you know right. to, to turn the rock over because you know we all want to see this is just human nature we all want to see the nice shiny polished side of the rock that we present to the world when we're going out to dinner or what what have you but the real, the real you is turn that rock over the, with the dirt on it, you know what I'm saying? The one that mm-hmm. doesn't see the light of day, that's the real you. And that's also the the person that everybody in the audience can relate to because we are all that person too. We all can relate to that. But the willingness and the ability to be vulnerable and share that and be real, I don't know if I can teach that. I really don't know. Mm. Some people that I know that can do it, I think that's just the way they're born now i used to struggle with it on the air for a very short amount of time my wife and i did mornings together and we were young like 30 early 30s again i hated it it was a situation where i had to do it i was told to do it and she loved it she still does mornings on our mix station next door yes um but she would be willing to like talk about our fights on the air. And I just would turn the mic off and be like, what the hell are you doing? And she goes, what? I said, I didn't wanna talk about that on the air. And she basically was like, idiot, that's what you gotta do if you're gonna be successful on the morning. And I just was like, I just rejected it. I just did not like it. Now I'm fine with it. I'm a lot older. I'm a, I guess, more comfortable in my own skin. But I still don't want to do mornings, but I'm a lot more comfortable talking about that stuff on the radio now. Um, Grover, that's it. I mean, my wife can smart. just talk about it. She had no problem with it whatsoever. She's super smart, right? Well, she's very instinctual. Uh, yes, she's very instinctual in that regard. All right. She so got to tell us about the family.
0: What is it like for you to be in a competitive environment together? <laughs> you got to have conversation about this, right?
1: Uh, you know, we don't we talk shop, my wife and I, but we don't really you know she she's on Mixed and i'm on b105 she's done mornings yeah. but her her she, she her show is designed to be much more music intensive and i think it's really to m- more counterbalance jeff and jen on Q102 because they're mm. much more talk driven they only play like 3 4 songs an hour and my wife she's you know probably knocking out 8 or 9 so i think that's the that's the her her the setup so i don't really you know i don't look at her as competitive in that regard but certainly you, I'm sure you still learn things from your wife today. Well, I learn about, usually I learn about what I don't do right. That's what I learn. She loves telling me yeah. what I don't do right. Well, I
0: have That's a theory right. about this, Grover, if you want to hear it. I think that you you have a less frustrating life if if you just use my theory, which is the husband is always wrong.
1: And by the way, when you're right, you're also still wrong. That's our role in the marriage, right? I have gotten a lot better than that over the years. I used to still chirp up and, uh, and try to have a point and she'd be like, you don't have a point. You don't have a point. And now I just agree with her. It's just easier on everything, so. Oh, brother, they got us. Okay, so listen, here's the big question. I always let people off the hook
0: before I ask it. So there's gonna be no challenge to you here. Uh, this is kind of like the old WWF wrestling where they said, you know, it's 10 minute time limit but the points don't count, so here we go. Uh, Can you tell us your vision for what happens in the future of radio? What do you think is going to occur with the radio business? You say, we're gonna figure it out. I do think that Americans and people in radios, Mm -hmm. for sure, we're oftentimes a little bit behind and can come through in in a pinch.
1: Well, it sure won't be from lack of trying. I mean, we have so many people in our industry that are, are trying to work on this, and uh, and I think you know we're we're gonna swing and miss a few times, but we're also gonna have some hits. And every time we get hits, we're gonna develop on that, and then maybe start working more and more in that direction. And we, I think it's already happening. So I think uh, we're going to figure out the podcasting landscape. It's not going away. Clearly, it's growing. You know. Uh, every, every year. And it's not going to stop, but you know, consumers are going to stick with, with the, uh, you know, the few that they like, you know, there's so many out there. And it's like, my God, you know, I, I, 2.5 million. Well, exactly. But yeah, but how many are there really, you know what I mean? It's right. It's uh, a matter. Right. Exactly. And so I think that's why, why are you going to matter? You know, that sounds like the name of a seminar, a country radio seminar now, right. Yeah. You know, a panel, so- why, why do you matter? Well, let me ask you this
0: about podcasting in particular right so here you are you're in cincinnati you've got some great talent on the air do you talk to them about maybe developing a lifestyle approach podcast that has a local focus or is it somehow just all about the radio
1: show right now for my station it's mostly about the radio show i just don't think you know I, at the end of the day I'm, I'm paying my mortgage with ratings you know on the radio not a podcast so i don't want them to be spread too thin and take their eye off the ball that you know you got three hour show before you we go into our music marathon that you know you got to be pop 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 and uh and, you know, when we do little things here and there, we do sometimes are doing after the show, Facebook Live. They used to do a thing called Show and Tell, where it would just be like a little bit of a long form. I, I, but I just don't know, I don't know if any of us know yet how many people care. Uh, so mm. we got to find the right thing that they're going to care about. And I think once they, we find that something really sticky, then we will, ex- trust me, we're radio. We'll exploit the hell out of it.
0: Well, and not just
1: something that,
0: clicks but something that works with us in it right something that works that aligns itself with radio because what you said is true you know we're paid for a particular thing we're not paid for all this other stuff
1: right and 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 that is a concern for me too you know i'm like as we were talking earlier about you know they got to worry about instagram posts and facebook posts and you know big dave's now doing his tiktok and trying to find something on that and it's like I don't want them spread too thin where, you know, they start thinking more about the social digital side than they do the on-air side, which by the way are still tens and thousands of more people you're affecting with every time you turn on the mic in morning drive on B105 than you are with a Facebook post.
0: Well, not to mention all the people that lo- the naysayers that love to say, "Oh, radio's over." Well, well, okay, how come it's producing hundreds of millions of dollars? <laughs> it ain't over. Um yeah. So I, I am going to ask you the toughest question that you have been asked. And I know that you probably talked about this with your staff. You probably have had this conversation in some meetings. You probably have had this conversation with your neighbor. Can you predict the score of the Super Bowl coming up
1: do you got <laughs> Uh, we for uh, you know, listen, of course, I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to root for the, who's not going to root against Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, the whole country's it's, it's like the Cinderella story. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I think it's going to be a defensive game. So I'm going to go with uh, Bengals 21, 18. Well,
0: I like it. Uh, By the way, I'm an LSU fan, so you know that I've been hanging out with the Joe Burrow story for a long time. listen, Grover, I want to thank you for being a guest on the Encouragers, the radio rally. Um, If it's okay with you, I'd like to ask you to hang out for a few moments in case somebody in our audience might have a question or two for you. Would that be okay? Sure thing. All right. We are going to open up the room here in just a minute in case you have questions. For our guest right now, all you need to do is just push the little button that has the hand over the notepad at the bottom of your app. And, of course, uh, when you raise your hand, that's our sign that you want to actually come up and say something on the stage and ask a question of our guest. We do ask that you mute your mic until we call on you. Of course, I will say this. You you know, we have a couple of different ways you can do this. A lot of people don't like to come right out and come up and ask the question so you can send me an IM through the the uh, Clubhouse uh, uh, message. You can just send that to me privately and I'll try to get that answered for you as well. Uh, check in anytime for our latest update as we continue to add our guests, not just to this, but to our innovation audio, which is our Wednesday 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific event on Clubhouse. You can find both of our schedules at rainmakerpathway.com. That's also where you get free and fresh resources to encourage you or anyone in the radio business. We care about the people in our business and what's happening in your life. That's why we've created this little special thing that is all about encouragement. Look for our free blog section to get the hookup for you and please share it with your friends. Also, don't forget Wednesdays on Clubhouse Live is our innovation and audio, our Wednesday event. Uh, is where we deal with real world innovation and undeniable innovators. We are trying to encourage innovation. We bring people to that live event that you may never meet otherwise to talk about how to create environments that encourage innovation, mostly outside of the radio industry. It's our way to give you a different perspective about change, creativity itself, and of course innovation. This Wednesday, yep, just two days away, our live innovation and audio will feature Rapaul Patel, who is the CEO of Vocal ID in Belmont, Massachusetts. Now no Dr. Patel has a great story and what she is doing will potentially help millions and millions and millions of people with vocal design. And you'll have to tune in this Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, to see what's up with that. I do have some questions from our IM. The first one uh, for you, Grover, is uh, what is your favorite kind of music personally?
1: Uh, personally, it would have to be, you know, I was uh, my stepdad was literally at Woodstock. He was 22 at Woodstock. Uh, A a quick story is it's got to be classic rock, but it's a funny story because so I grew up with, you know, a lot of Rolling Stones, Jimi Hendrix, the band, Jim Croce, uh, Gordon Lightfoot, all wonderful, wonderful music. And my mom was in a top 40. So back then, you know, it's the seventies, a lot of, you know, shake your booty and uh, undercover angel Alan O'Day and escape Pina Colada song. However, because my dad was, except I was frozen in time with his music and my mom only listened to Top 40, the only rock I heard was if it crossed over to the Top 40 chart. Example, Pink Floyd, uh, Another Brick in the Wall. I only knew that song because Casey Kasem, it was on the countdown. So I went to my buddy's house in seventh grade and he was, he had an older brother and he had three eight tracks that changed my life. And they were Cheap Trick at Budokan, ACDC Back in Black, this is 1981, and Rush Moving Pictures. And my God, when I heard Rush, I've never ever heard, I, what is this, how is this happening? Are they gonna sing? What's this, Or you know, on YYZ? Is, so anyway, that was it. So I guess, you know, classic rock, probably. That's what I grew up on. Rush is really your thing? That's your thing? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I've seen him 24 times in my life, at least, yeah. 24 times? Probably, yeah. Oh, yeah, I first saw him, uh, Grace Under Pressure Tour at the Omni in Atlanta. I was going to go to the Signals Tour. My mom said I was too young. She didn't feel comfortable, so I said, but, uh, yeah. I'm trying to bring Ashley up, and I can't
0: quite seem to get her up. She has a question for you. Uh, Ashley, if you can respond, uh, I can bring you up. I'm here. I actually didn't have a question. Um, I accidentally raised my hand. Okay. Well, we've learned a thing or two. Okay. I do have another question for you. Uh, What does a great programmer do to make his or her station uh, uh, stand out uh, and meet all challengers and stay as, uh, I guess, stay as a strong brand in today's world? We've got all these activities going on.
1: Um. Well, for us at B105, we have a boot on the throat mentality. Uh, we look nice. at B105 as a castle that we that must be protected at all costs. And if there is ever an inkling of any inroads anywhere, we snuff it out immediately and we hopefully demoralize them and make them think about ever doing it again. So you are both offensive and defensive, men. I, I am a, I am a protector of the castle. Uh, yes. Yeah. Always on guard, always aware, always aware.
0: Are you glad that your, your career went the way of programming or do you really wish that you were that character that you wanted to be when you were a kid
1: or are you? I think I'm probably both, but listen, you know, when I was staring 40 years old, I'm in the, swimming pool of my parents 4th of July weekend with my wife, who obviously is in radio and she, mm-hmm. this is 2009. And she looks at me in the pool, I'm sipping on a rum and Coke. And she goes, what are you going to do? And I knew what she meant. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, you can't play boom, boom power every 90 minutes, the rest of your life, which is of course, you know, just cause she goes, you're just not challenged. You're just going in, you're knocking out your shift. You're doing your music logs. And, uh, and that's it. She goes, I just think you're not challenging yourself. And I said, listen, I, promise you because they came to me two years before and asked me if I was interested in programming b105 and I turned it down and that was 07 and so I said if 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 it happens again or if something falls in my lap I promise you I won't ignore it and God hand to God eight weeks later maybe uh, six weeks later uh, b105 programming opened up and that was August of 09 I've been here ever since. Grover, you, you've got to be able to say that woman that you hang out with, she is pretty bright. Well, I guess she uh, she really does look out for me by better interest, right? I know, right?
0: She's on it. Well, listen, we do try to keep things to about an hour. One of the great things about our, our live events is that. You can listen. We don't require people to ask questions. Some people feel uncomfortable about doing that. I do want to thank you for joining us every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for the Radio Rally. Remember, if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the Radio Rally, email me. It's simple, F O R D at RainmakerPathway.com. We hope that you have a great week. We like to stay on Rainmaker Pathway and the Radio Rally. Once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. you heard in what Grover said that we'll figure it out. That's what I mean we'll figure it out. This is radio. Our thanks to Grover Collins for being such a patient and giving guest A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which will be available any minute. Uh, You can get it. And of course, we'll share the link on Facebook and LinkedIn. We want to thank JustJoeProductions.com also for creating our audio footprint and distributing the podcast. Please do share our podcast, the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast and the Encouragers Innovation and audio podcast with others that you know are interested in growing their careers in audio and people who are interested in innovation. Both podcasts are available right now on Apple, Audible, Spotify, and wherever you've got your podcast. Please remember this. If you don't remember anything else, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the radio rally and the encouragers and good night.